Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm going to dive right in here. Very quickly, I was supposed to have a, uh, a conversation with Mark Steele about 5G. We were going to talk about 5G in education. Uh, that conversation's been postponed. He never got a hold of me, so it didn't pan out. In, in, in any case, that'll happen sometime. Don't know when, but we'll see. So there you go. Okay. With that aside, let me get to this. Uh, first of all, this is absolutely hilarious. Uh, Dr. Simone Gold is a pathological liar. This woman is nuts. She's 100% nuts. So I have subscribed to Renette Sunham's Foghorn Express substack. And just very briefly, here's, here's what I want to say before I get into the specifics of this. I, I think that this is remarkably important that we cover this and that we stay on this and that I certainly bring this to, to this audience so that you understand that throughout this war, there's always going to be people who are trying to take advantage. And there's always going to be individuals that are pointing fingers. And then, of course, there's three fingers pointing back at them. That's a constant in war. And it's a constant in a, in a war where there are sides to take and there's money involved. When you have all of those things floating around, you're going to have a lot of chaos. And you're going to have a lot of people trying to associate with people and, and trying to associate with people that they think are good. And, you know, uh, hand, handlers will be around and, and clingerons and, you know, all these needy people and, and whatever else. And you've heard me say in previous episodes that there is this big church mentality that exists, which is remarkably unfortunate, where individuals are basically saying, I have to find myself in a giant room with people on a stage and listen to them, and that will reaffirm what I know, and then I'll feel better about myself. Or I'll open up my wallet or my purse, pocketbook, whatever, to these individuals because I think that they need my help. And if this is how I can help because I don't have a, a, a voice of my own, I don't know why they'd think that, but this is the way that I can contribute is, is with dollars. And they just fork it all over for a variety of reasons. That big church mentality is getting a lot of people in trouble, and it's going to keep exposing a great deal of people who are actually worthless. They have no voice of their own, and that's a huge problem. Now, you've may, you may have known, and I'm just going to turn this back to this show briefly before I, I make another statement here. You know that when you listen to this show, you're going to hear my voice. 98, 99, 100% of the time. That's because it's my show, and, and that's how I want this to be. I want it to be kind of like a radio show. That was the whole point. That, again, with a lot of these podcasts that exist, and I'm not knocking them, it's valuable information. I'm just saying that that's not exactly how I like to operate all of the time, clearly, as, as you know, listening to this show. That when you tune into one, you're not, you're not really tuning in to hear the individual who is the host of the show. You're hearing all these other people talk on their show and on their platform. That's not what this is. I'm bringing information to you so that you can think about this individually for yourselves. That's the whole point. That's the entire point here. But what's interesting is that with people like Simone Gold, in particular in this moment in time, which is so critical, I think, they actually don't understand that there are endless anonymous people who have copious research skills. Even individuals who aren't formally trained in research to look things up a particular way and cite particular things and 
notice patterns and a thousand other things. I mean, there are endless individuals out there that are not going to let anybody off the hook. In my opinion, Renette Sunham is one of these awesome people. She's not letting Simone Gold off the hook. I'm not letting her off the hook. There's a lot of people who aren't because Simone Gold's lies are so blatant and so obvious. And I'm going to point out two particular articles here that are on Renette Sunham's Foghorn Express Substack. I highly recommend you subscribe to, subscribe to this. You can do so for free. It's all free. Yes, she charges people for particular things. I don't do that, but whatever. Point is, is you can read it all for free and you can watch the content for free and you can comment and, and all that other fun stuff if you have a Substack account, which again, having a Substack account is free. What she does, which is amazing, is on, the Jan on her January 30th article, it's titled Breaking News, Arizona Judge Rules, Dr. Simone Gold is Not AFLDS President or Chair. She goes through the, co the, the court's transcript and the, and the judge's ruling of what went on and what's been ruled. The judge has clearly ruled against Simone Gold. That it's very suspicious and highly unethical that there's money missing and money that was inappropriately spent and so on and so forth. And the judge highlights all of this. Meanwhile, Simone Gold go, goes on a frank speech program in Renette Sunham's next article, which is titled, Kevin Jenkins Joins Renette Sunham Talking on AFLDS Founder Dr. Simone Gold's conflation of facts versus fiction. And that's her most recent. I'm going to link both of these in the description below. I'm telling you, you've got to listen to it and you've got to watch it. It's remarkable. In, in the, you know, it's a 37 some odd minute video of Renette and uh, Kevin Jackson talking. And Renette has the, the, the court order, the judge's order, and she's going through it. And again, in the last like five minutes, she uses the words of Simone Gold talking to, these to this individual on Frank's speech and then throws up the actual quotes from the court order and from the judge's order that say exactly the opposite of what Simone Gold is saying. Again, she's pathological. This is, this is a huge, huge problem. She's trying to gaslight copious amounts of people. And you've heard me say, again, from a rather benign standpoint, I think, uh, you know, she's just overstayed her usefulness. She's not, she, she has nothing to offer anymore. She just doesn't have anything to offer. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. I think it's hilarious. I think it's absolutely hilarious because uh, they've got her dead to rights. Again, People like Simone Gold don't understand that there are anons out there researching this constantly, and the anonymous individuals and the not anonymous individuals aren't going to let people like this off the hook because we're just attuned to it. We're tuned in right to the exact channel to, to smell weird stuff. And when we smell it, or we, we personally experience it, or we see it and our spidey senses start to tingle, we run with that to its logical conclusion, because that's the scientific method. Uh, th there's another point I need to add here that, that Renette Sonnen makes directly in her, in her first article, again, dated January 30th. 
is she says that in the press conference, and I even said this on the show, that in the press conference that Simone Gold originally released talking about uh, the judge and the lawsuit and whatever else, and that was all before the judge's ruling that recently came out. But she openly states that she sent Stu Peters and Renette Sunum cease and desist letters. That's not true. Renette Sunum openly states in the article, that's news to me. I've never received a cease and desist letter from Simone Gold or from her lawyers or anything like that because she doesn't like being criticized and she doesn't like being made fun of and she doesn't like people digging into her past, into her present, the things that she has done, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, she, she just doesn't like it. So it's just, she's just saying things, but she's saying things that aren't real. And the public, ladies and gentlemen, is catching on. More and more people are learning. Again, get, in, get on Simone Gold's Gab account. For, as you've heard me say, you know, it's kind of superficial, but it's, it's factual because, again, it gives away the individual. They're not saying anything of any importance. They're not bringing anything up of, of any merit. We know there's totalitarianism in medicine. We get it. We're, you know, welcome to the party, pal. I mean, we've, we've been on this for a very long time, long before you. Long before Simone Gold has been around. And so just get into the comments on, on anything that she posts. The top post is always the same kinds of comments. You're a grifter. You're pathological. Shut the hell up. Go away. Get off of gab, et cetera, et cetera. That, that kind of stuff is very telling. And there's less and less positive comments about what Simone Gold is saying and doing. But there's a giant fight here that's going on. And uh, yeah, I mean, th the funniest part is, is I think also, is she continues to, to try to get out in front of it. And every single time she does, she's digging herself deeper. The more she opens her mouth, the worse it gets. You'd think she'd do well to just stop talking, but she's not doing that. In fact, I made a couple of comments, or I made a comment, I should say, on Renette Sunham's Foghorn Express at the bottom of that article. Hang on, sorry. Okay. Uh, I made a comment at the bottom because, uh, again, a lot of people were making comments and asking serious questions. And Renette, you know, bless her heart, she's, she's trying to answer a lot of these questions and she's saying, you know, that's a really good point. That's interesting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I said this, and again, it's not new to this listening audience, but this is what I said. I said, an individual such as Dr. Gold is past her prime. She was useful for a moment in time. But once the telemedicine avenue began to fall through and not pay out, the service continued to steal money from people who wanted medicine and never got it, like me. She owes me $59 and 80 some odd cents. Uh, I'm not the only person. It then, I then said, you also can't acquire that sum of money, 17 plus million in donations, hire all of the people they hired, pay themselves what they paid themselves, and state that you're not in it for the money. The actions and words don't line up. As I've said on my show, American Education FM, she's a proven liar. Uh, again, and then I said, just look at all those real doctors who once associated, uh, yet don't associate with her anymore. That's the real proof that she's outstayed her usefulness. I said, the dance is over. Everyone's gone home and gone their own way. The lights are off, yet Simone Gold is still on the dance floor. No one wants to dance anymore, Simone. Go home. Th that's the biggest issue. Again, 
Look at the people around her. Who is around her right now? Nobody. Remember back in the day, it was it was lots of people. Angie Farella and, uh, oh God, Dr. Lee Merritt. And I mean, it was a ton of people. There were, you know, um, Stella Manuel. You know, lots of doctors around her, and now they're all not around her anymore. Weird. That, again, is, is a dead giveaway that something's up. What's also funny is in this comment section, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny tosses in her two cents. <laughs> and this is great because this is something that I've been screaming about for, you know, for what, two years? A year and a half at least. A year and a half, I suppose. Uh, Tenpenny says, Renette, wonderful truth tracking. Question. Has anyone bothered to look at her tour, quote-unquote, from about a year ago? The places she went, how much she raised, why it stopped, and why those on the tour during those several months seem to be nowhere around. Yeah. Yeah. I've been saying the same thing on this show forever. Again, that's the dead giveaway that something was up and people didn't want to associate. Now. Here's the other interesting thing, and I've said this on the show before, again, but just a couple of other details. When I was at that White Coat Summit, and I was standing out in the lobby, Dr. Lee Merritt was right in front of me getting coffee, something to eat. I was talking with uh, one, one medical doctor and her husband, who was a pilot. They were standing in front of me, and we were having a conversation. The the Sheriff Mack guy that, that she references, the, the police officer who's the head of her security and, and whatever else and handles paperwork and XYZ, he looks like a, he looks like a miniature Triple H from WWE. Uh, it, this dude walks out from where, where the actual conference is taking place, where they're doing this recorded promotional thing. Again, he walks out. And screams at the top of his lungs for everybody to shut up. That was his exact quote. He's yelling at adults who were who were having a very cordial conversation at a small tone. But the people on the inside who were doing the recording were, were apparently saying, you know, that the adults talking on the other side of the door can be heard and it's disrupting the audio and whatever. Instead of the dude coming out and just going one by one person at a time or one co- small conversation at a time. There were only like three conversations taking place in the lobby. The dude came out and just screamed at the top of his lung for all of us to shut up. That's immediately when I thought to myself, wait a second. Wait a minute. And I just got there. I mean, I just signed in. I just showed up. I just met the person who invited me there. You know, that's what happened. I remember thinking to myself as soon as that happened, wait a second. We're all adults. We're all adults. You don't get to come in and and scream at us like we're children in a classroom. Who the hell do you think you are? Who is this person? And I immediately figured out again that this guy is walking hand in hand with Simone Gold. And I I started to think to myself, wait a minute, again, something else is going on here. Because right now, I feel like I walked into a high school play that's a giant promotional event not a fact-sharing event. And what's cool is, is that even Kevin Jackson, I'm getting his name right. Hang on just a minute. I said it earlier. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kevin Jenkins. Even when Kevin Jenkins is talking with Renette Sunham, he basically says a very similar thing. 
he says the citizen i forget what it was called uh n- not citizen patrol but it was something like that citizen corps i think is what it was he said that was the most important part of what was going on because that you're talking about grassroots local here's my experience here's what's happening you know th- that's that's the issue and that's how we get things changed that doesn't exist anymore the citizen core thing doesn't even exist apparently so and i found that again to be the most interesting aspect of it all too because even when i showed up and it's going to sound arrogant but it was one of the reasons why i was there was to see what these doctors actually knew as opposed to what i knew and i was disappointed with what they were saying because i already knew what they were saying and knew more about what was going on than they did Lee Merritt, as you've heard me say, Dr. Lee Merritt was the one who was the most knowledgeable in the group, in my opinion, at that moment in time. She knew what was going on, but she wasn't allowed to publicly talk about the shedding and the other things. All those doctors at that conference had a very specific topic for which they were told to speak on. And Simone Gold would try to interject herself you know, in each person's talk as much as she could to try to sound relevant and, and like she was in control. She's a control freak. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. But again, my overall point's this. She thinks she's going to get away with this. And she doesn't understand the time that we're living in right now and the research skills that we have. She thinks she's going to slip through the cracks and just disappear. That's not going to happen. Because she keeps running her mouth, everybody's just going to keep shining a light on her more and more and more. Even A.J. Gochik texted me the other day, and he lives, of course, out in uh, Palo Alto. I wanted to bring this up very quickly because, again, here's what he said. I'm going to paraphrase it, so sorry, A.J., uh, because we had a rather long text thread. But he said, you know, he was asking asking some of his lawyer pals out there, you know, what was going on or whatever else. And some of them support Simone Gold, but they're starting to see some things are, are getting kind of fishy. Simone Gold is apparently giving a talk. At the same church where AJ's son stood up against the priest because the priest wanted everybody to declare that the Jews were God's chosen people and that everybody needs to acknowledge that. And AJ's son was like, What the hell is this? I'm I'm out of here. And he ended up leaving. Um, he said this is the same church again that waves the BLM flag and the rainbow flag and whatever else. Apparently, Simone Gold, on February 18th, it says, and this is exactly what AJ said. He said, by the way, Simone Gold is coming to speak on February 18th at the same evangelical church where the pastor called the Jews the chosen people and my son stopped attending because of that comment. They probably fly the flag of Israel at their church also, he said. (laughs) Yeah, probably. The the point is, is that she's still going around giving talks. She's still using someone's money to, tr- to, to travel and, and to do what she's doing and, and go from this place to that place. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's beyond nuts. It's just beyond nuts. She, she has handlers. She has supporters. But there's so much pressure. And, and so much truth out there now that it's only a matter of time, and she doesn't know this, and she's going to find out the hard way, is that eventually the handlers and the funders are going to run away. 
because they're going to view her as a liability. Once that happens, her grift is up and the game is over. Um, Kevin Jenkins and Renette Sunham again talk about, you know, is somebody going to sue her criminally? Is somebody going to go after her criminally? X, Y, Z. And Kevin Jenkins basically says, we'll talk about that off air and whatever else. But I'm going to link both of those articles in the description below. Again, it's, it's not gossip. It's the war. It's just the war that's taking place. And it's interesting. Because again, these people are everywhere. And you've got to be very, very careful about who they are, how often you see them, what they're saying. Again, you've heard my take on this a million times. If you find yourself on a stage consistently, for me, that's a red flag. Again, it's the giant big church mentality. Let's fill it with as many people as we can who are, you know, drooling from the mouth with their wallets open and because we know that they'll give us money and then we can keep doing this and we can travel and stay in hotels and eat nice food and just be leeches off of people. This is happening constantly. I could go down a giant list of, of, of individuals that are past their prime, past their relevance. And, and they, you know, they're just so far behind the curve that they, it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, what they're saying doesn't matter anymore, but they're trying very hard to remain relevant. And what they don't understand is, is that always catches up to them because the more they talk, the less sense they make. And then they start contradicting themselves and so on and so forth. So there you go. That's my two cents on that. I know it took over 21 minutes, but I just wanted to mention that because that's going on. That's a, that's a big deal that's going on right now. And I'd be shocked. I would be shocked if Simone Gold wasn't uh, brought up on some kind of charges regarding misappropriation of funds or, or something along those lines. I'd, I'd be shocked. Again, I'm not a lawyer, not a judge, haven't seen all the evidence, but my spidey senses are tingling like nobody's business. And it seems weird. So there you go. Okay, on to education-related things. And then there's jab-related stuff as well, to say the least. It just keeps coming. All right, I, uh, I put this up on Gab. I found this funny. And I, I'm, I'm bringing this up for a couple of reasons, clearly. Uh, th this, this is odd because, well, I'm going to play the audio. I'm just going to play the audio for this from the local news station. This is weird because, again, we know that individuals are, and when I say individuals, I mean government, is always trying to come after homeschoolers. And they're always trying to inject themselves inside of the, uh, inside of the family and inside of the home because they want to be the parent. We know that. It's an old Bolshevik Marxist tactic. It's the old education method. You know, that's, that's the way that it is. And, th and they're not stopping. We know that in the UK, they're doing whatever they can to crack down on homeschooling and the parameters that exist around homeschooling and make it harder for parents to homeschool. The same thing, of course, is happening in the States. This particular article comes from WTRF.com, uh, Channel 4, local news. And it's from Ohio, of course, uh, locally here. Columbus area, and it's titled, Ohio Couple Said to Be Teaching Nazi-Approved Material for Homeschooling. Again, th this is no one's business, but this became 
an issue because, again, this is a Bolshevik tactic. Find out what parents are doing and then get on social media and scream and yell about it. Now, the other thing, of course, that people don't want, sorry, that was my phone. My ringtone is uh, Shine on You Crazy Diamond, Pink Floyd, great band. Anyway, um, what, they're, what ultimately they're trying to do is they're always trying to expose individuals, bring it to a national attention when it normally wouldn't be, throw the word Nazi all over it, and then paint them in a bad light without, of course, taking into account what happens if you just learn real history. What happens if you, if you go down that rabbit hole and start to realize that what's in the propaganda education books is not factual? See, they don't do that. It just becomes a name-calling, smear campaign kind of thing. Again, going after an individual family and then trying to turn that into statewide or national news. This is what they want to do with American homeschooling, ultimately. They want to keep coming after it. But they can't, ultimately, because what we have between our ears and what we have with God and listening to him and reading what we want, when we want, and being curious and never losing that curiosity, that's the ultimate education. That should be the ultimate driving force. Not what other people say about other people, and then all of a sudden we should just blindly believe. No, no, no. Look into it yourself. Always look into it yourself. I'm going to play this audio again from NBC Local 4 in Columbus. Again, it's titled, Ohio Couple Said to be Teaching Nazi-Approved Material for Homeschooling. Again, it's got all the, it's got all the media twinge to it, and it's disgusting. So give this a listen in three, two, one. That an Ohio couple is supplying Nazi-approved material for homeschooling. The couple from Upper Sandusky goes by the online name The Saxons. NBC Four's Caleb Michael joins us now. He spent the day learning more about that material. And Caleb, this is not something that just happened overnight, right? No, Jared, it was not. Multiple articles say the Saxons have been developing the material for years. They have more than two thousand online subscribers who apparently were very interested in it. New details are emerging tonight about an online channel called Dissident Homeschool, where group members can download what's described as Nazi-approved material. The channel already has more than 2,000 subscribers. According to Yahoo News, it includes ready-made lesson plans authored by the Saxons on various subjects like Confederate General Robert E. Lee and Martin Luther King Jr., who they say is the antithesis of our civilization and our people. It also includes things like printouts so students can learn to write Adolf Hitler quotes in cursive and tips to quote, avoid Jewish media content. I spoke with Ohio Board of Education member Teresa Fetter today, who says instances like these need to be addressed. Somebody who's homeschooling, what is the expectation that they are checking in with the school districts that their kids are in for the curriculum they're teaching within their home? Very little, very little accountability. So that needs to be taken a look at as far as public policy. And, you know, they want their freedoms, but they also are allowed tax dollars. State Democrats say there is no meaningful review of homeschooling curriculum in Ohio law. State lawmakers are now considering Senate Bill 1. It's an education bill that would give more responsibility to parents and less to superintendents regarding homeschooling in Ohio. But those on the left are calling for more oversight. 
One Yahoo News article says, Mrs. Saxon one day wrote, quote, Without homeschooling, our children are left defenseless to the schools and the gay Afro-Zionist scum that run them. I almost, you know, I got to tell you, as, as, as a guy who likes to look into real history and knows what the propaganda has been and the lies that we've been sold in school and in movies and television and so on and so forth, uh, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, dissident homeschool. I'm just going to promote it. Dissident homeschool on Telegram. Look it up. Look it up. You're going to learn. You're going to learn that maybe, maybe a Steven Spielberg movie isn't real. <laughs> that it's just not real. That it's propaganda. And that we were lied to about what went on in Europe in the 1930s and 1940s. It's remarkable. Again, the Ohio State uh, education official there, you heard her. You heard the words that came out of her mouth. Well, they like their freedoms. Well, it's their freedoms that they like. You know, these, these people and their freedoms. They talk about freedom like it is stale food on a plate that somebody's being forced to eat. They've lost their minds. These people have lost their minds. Our only hope, ladies and gentlemen, is that she's triple jabbed. It's our only hope. But when she openly makes that statement, and then the statement about tax dollars, and they want their tax dollars, and they want our tax dollars. No, no. They want to keep their money because taxation is legalized theft. That's all it is. You're stealing from them. And then they're stealing their money back. But they're not stealing it back. They're just taking it back because it was theirs to begin with. And yes, if they want to homeschool and not pay the local school district any tax dollars, that's, that's the way it should be everywhere, all over the place, all of the time. All of the time. They want their freedoms. It's disgusting. The way that these people talk about the American family, who want to teach their children a variety of information. Again, I've brought this up before, but propaganda used to be a course that was, that was actually taught, where there was freedom of speech in the classroom, both at the K-12 and college level. I mean, it was a high school course, but then it existed at the college level on almost every college and university campus. There was none of this name-calling stuff, and you're a white supremacist because you brought that up, or you're a Nazi because of this. No, no. It used to be a let's openly think, let's examine, let's investigate, because that's exactly what's supposed to happen, isn't it? And that's not happening anymore. Now it's agree with the person at the front of the classroom or else. And now, based on that audio, it's let's make fun of a homeschooling family who's using social media to help educate other people about other things and maybe open their eyes and lift the veil and shed that skin that you've heard me bring up before that Frederick Nietzsche brought up. You'd better shed that skin because the snake who fails to shed the skin dies. So if you're not afraid to shed the skin and learn something new, look it up. Investigate. Think. Listen read, you know, in, instead of just yapping on at the front of a classroom about something for which you think you know because you saw a Steven Spielberg movie 500 times. 
it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. But we are living through an awesome time where the veil is being lifted on a great many subjects. And I find it to be absolutely incredible. But again, you can hear the way that government talks about the homeschooling family. They detest us. Why? They detest those that are advocates for homeschooling and those that do it because they're the ones that hold all of the cards. State departments of education would cease to exist, wiped off of the face of the planet, if American families just homeschooled. It's that simple. Their bank accounts as state officials would wash up in the blink of an eye. That fast, gone. They would have a crisis on their hands that the federal government couldn't handle. Stop, if, if people just stopped playing the game and understood that you've been tricked into believing that the game has to be played by you all of the time, it does not. You also heard again that news anchor, or you know, the news anchor guy, investigative journalist. N- n- he's not, but whatever. You heard him, you heard him say, uh, you know, what do local school districts have to say about this? That's irrelevant. It's 100% irrelevant. It does not matter what local school districts have to say about anything that the homeschooling family is doing. It's none of their business. When you kick government out of your house, you don't let government back in because government can't come in. And that's the fight moving forward that I hope this listening audience continues to pay attention to because that's the fight that's going to continuously come. They have to make that move. Government has to make that move. They have to keep making inroads on homeschooling families because they're the ones that hold all the chips. They're the ones that hold all the cards. They have all the eggs. Everything is right there on their side. And there's absolutely nothing that government can do if everybody walks away. What's government going to do? Imprison everybody for truancy? Families and students and and children, all of school age, in the entire state, across the entire nation? Of course not. You've heard me say it again a thousand times that they're going to have to, K-12 schools are just going to have to reorganize the way that they do things or else they're finished. And the only, only way, the only way that they can reorganize it is brick and mortar schools existing for the mentally and physically handicapped and those that are addicted to bread and circus. That's it. It's just for them. It's not really for the free thinkers, but we have to be the majority. The free thinkers and the individual investigative students and those of that mind have to become the majority. Okay, now I want to shift gears here to the Crumbly case. Uh, Sandy from Michigan tossed this my way, and it was from the Detroit News. Dot com, DetroitNews.com, and it's titled, Judge Set to Rule Sooner Rather Than Later in Oxford Shooting Immunity Case. Again, this was just from February 1st. And basically what the judge was and what the hearing was with this particular judge is it had to do with whether or not she would rule in favor or against the parents who want to sue the school officials for negligence and for other things, if not potentially go after them criminally. For, for what they did. Because, of course, the irony here is that you have both Crumbly parents still appealing, of course, their, their particular case before it actually goes to a trial, which it shouldn't in the first place. But 
you have a prosecutor in Michigan going after them, and yet no one's going after the school officials themselves in the very environment where the murder took place, and murders, plural, took place. Why aren't those individuals in handcuffs and in jail? Why aren't they in shackles and, and eating the prison meals on a day-in and day-out basis? Those were the individuals who quite literally had their hands on Ethan Crumbly the day before and the day of the shooting. But this judge, again, they said, you know, I'm very sympathetic to your unimaginable loss and blah, 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 and, you know, whatever else. But it says this. It says an Oakland County judge heard oral arguments on Wednesday morning surrounding questions about governmental immunity protections for Oxford High School officials being sued over their actions during the November 2021 school shooting that left four students dead. Circuit Court Mary Judge rather Mary Ellen Brennan said she would issue a ruling sooner rather than later about whether lawsuits brought by the victims' family members against school officials can proceed. The governmental immunity statute is a key hurdle for the plaintiffs in the wrongful death cases which accuse school officials of gross negligence. Lawyers for the, fam- uh, for the victims' families have said that their case meets the standards to deny governmental immunity. Attorneys defending the school, however, have moved to have the cases dismissed on the grounds that officials are protected by the state's immunity law, requiring the judge to rule on that matter before the lawsuits can proceed further. Uh, yeah, it continues. It's rather long. I'm just going to stop it there. Again, this issue of government immunity, if you work for the state, that you can't be prosecuted. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is true and things like this exist, isn't this just another reason to not send your children into these environments? Because if they engage in wrongdoing, I mean... Let's let, let's flip it around a little bit and and uh, you know take this away from murder because you'd think murder would be you know enough to prosecute. What if the school itself was running a sex trafficking ring? School employees. What if some school employees suggested that there was a sex trafficking ring and they brought it to other people's attention? but they didn't bring it to the police's attention. What if those school employees did that, but they didn't knock on a police door and say, hey, look, I think there's something going on here. Does the individual who who didn't knock on the door of the police or file a police report, can they be held accountable because a crime is being committed and yet they're not going to the lengths that they need to go to to make sure that something occurs, that someone's held accountable? I mean, I I think the answer is yes. You should be able to go after those people. You should be able to go after anybody who knew that something was going on and they didn't do anything. And here's why. Government immunity aside for a minute, it's in their flipping contracts. It's in their contracts. Child endangerment is in their contracts. It's in their codes of conduct as school employees. They should go at, I mean, Like I said, put the government immunity issue aside. This is one of the issues as to why, again, you know, these lawyers, I mean, if they just communicated with someone who's been in the education business and actually read the contracts of school officials, they'd know that you can go after school officials 
because it's in their contracts. They're not allowed to endanger children. Child endangerment's a crime. They take parents away from children because that's the case in their own home. So why can't you do it for school officials in a school building that's being funded by government? Again, if there's some umbrella immunity just because they're just because they're uh, cashing their checks from the state, that doesn't fly, and it certainly doesn't fly in the face of their own contracts. So, I don't know if they did this or not. I didn't see the whole hearing, of course, and I haven't seen any of the evidence that either side brought up. But why wouldn't you focus in on the contracts and the codes of con- uh, codes of conduct within the contracts? I mean, it's breach of contract. You can sue them for that, can't you? Seems like it. Not a lawyer. Like to think I am from time to time. Play one on TV. But it seems like you'd be able to do that. I don't know. Seems like a no-brainer to me. But like I said, not a lawyer. Anyway, that's that's happening and that's a thing. And what an abomination it would be if the if the parents can't sue the school officials because the two school officials whose heads are on the chopping block are the dean and the counselor. The dean who just passed it off to the counselor and was like, I don't want to deal with it, whatever. There was that guy who was again in charge of discipline. You had at least one school teacher raise serious concerns about it and say, what the hell's going on? Like, don't let this kid back in my room. They're They're doing this. They're drawing this. They're looking this up. You know, this is what's happening. And then you had, again, as you've heard me bring up on the show, that flamboyant counselor basically say, we're, with, we're here with you, Ethan. You're not alone, Ethan. And then let him back to the classroom after sitting in his office for X amount of time, not checking him, not having a resource officer or a police officer check him, not dialing 911, and having an off, you know, whatever, an off-campus police officer show up and check the kid. You know, stand up, son, and then cuff him, pat him down, and then go through his go through his book bag. You have probable cause to search the kid. Do it. That didn't happen. So the counselor's head should be on the chopping block. And he, I mean, he's finished. He's absolutely finished. the The school principal, if they were involved and they were negligent, negligent throughout, because again, there were those reports. That there were students telling the uh, telling the principal of the building, who I don't think works there anymore, although he might, so don't quote me on that. But there were reports that he was being told by students that Ethan's kind of jacked up, that he's putting this stuff on social media and you know all these pictures, and he hates everybody here and you know whatever else, and that you know he just he just blew it off. The, the principal allegedly blew it off like it wasn't that big of a deal, and then of course the dean who is in charge of discipline. When you have these people holding these positions and they're not doing their job, that's breach of contract. So you should be able to sue them, no doubt, in civil court at the very least, let alone a criminal accusation. That's my two cents. Okay. I also found this, again, I don't know if it's jab-related, but I thought it was suspicious. It was also on the Detroit News on the right-hand side on their little news scroll thing. There was this particular story, and it's titled, Grief Counselors to Be in Place at Ann Arbor Schools After Student Found Dead. This was back on January 30th, and again, they were found on the grounds of Pioneer High School on Monday. Uh, yeah, no, no 
suspicion of, of foul play. It says, quote, we have counselors and grief counselors and support teams in place to students and staff as pioneer, blah, blah, blah. Well across our school campuses is needed this week. It's a very difficult time and this, that, and the other. It says that Davidson last communicated with her family around 9 a.m. on Friday while on her way to school. And then the Washington, if I'm saying that right, Washington, uh, County Sheriff's Office apparently said, and it says her friends reported seeing her around 11 a.m. Friday outside of the high school. Relatives reported her missing the next morning. They say there's no indications of foul play. Uh, it's clearly awful, to say the least. Is it jab-related? I don't know. Again, I think that if an individual is passing at this time in history, autopsies are necessary. It's almost mandatory at this point, isn't it? I think they'd. I think you, you would think that the parents would want to know that as to what was going on. But there you go. Okay, I have another uh, COVID-related thing that I want to bring up regarding California schools, which is an absolute abomination. But before I get to that, I just want to toss this in real quick. You heard me mention in previous episodes. That these university magazines are nuts, and the people who write them are nuts, and they're completely controlled, and a thousand other things. This was making the rounds on the old interweb the other day, and this is from Harvard Magazine, which of course is Harvard's magazine, and it's from uh, September, the September-October issue of 2022, and the article inside of it is titled, Abolish the White Race. And there's a direct quote from the article from the person who wrote it, apparently. And it says, quote, make no mistake about it. We intend to keep bashing the dead white males and the live ones and the females, too, until the social construct known as the white race is destroyed, not deconstructed, but destroyed. Before that quote, it says this. It says every group within white America has at one time or another advanced its particular and narrowly defined interests at the expense of black people as a race. That applies to labor unionists, ethnic groups, college students, school teachers, taxpayers, and white women. Race trader, quote-unquote, I guess it's a book or something, um, will not abandon its focus on whiteness, no matter how vehement the pleas and how virtuously oppressed those doing the ple the pleading. The editors meant it when they replied to a reader when they said the quote that I mentioned before, make no mistake about it, we're bashing dead whites. Okay. And the live ones too. They they've given up the goose here, haven't they? They've shown everybody their hand. They've shown everybody what they're capable of doing, what they're capable of saying, what they believe. They are as brazen as we are, but I would even go so far as to say more so, because they're openly stating who they hate, why they hate them, and yet, in the same breath, call us racist, or call us bigoted, or call us whatever. I'm telling you, uh, this is the real social battle, is that we have to get louder than they are, and we have to expose them, again, continue to expose them for who they are, but we can't mince words. We can't be selective. These individuals are horrible human beings. Harvard, again, 
has been at the epicenter of secret societies since its inception. That hasn't gone away. And if they're 100% fine publishing things like this, but they're not fine with us publishing the things that we publish, well, that, that just gives them away, does it not? But they're not going to quit. The enemy is not going to quit. You know, even when Satan was on his stomach with Archangel Michael on his back with a sword at his neck, I bet Satan was still squirming around. Even though he was beaten, he was still squirming. That's what these people are doing too. They don't know that they're doing in their own line of work with the jabs, their ideologies, all of it. Because they don't understand that ultimately Marxism never survives. It's much like one of those trees that you know loses its leaves and then will drop its seeds throughout the air and then it lands in a field and then another tree will, will grow on its own. I mean, that's kind of what happens here, but these ideologies have to be destroyed permanently. I mean, they just have to be done away with permanently. And again, it's us that hold the cards. We have the chips on our side of the table. I'm shocked anybody would send their children to Harvard. They're doing it for name recognition. You know, it didn't help. Uh, I will say this. It didn't help when Donald Trump was in office and he was saying things like, unless there was another motive behind it, but he was saying things like, you know, I love people with Harvard degrees and Yale degrees and they're coming from all these schools. I, you know, I just love them and, I, and those are the people I hire. Well, you know. Maybe he said that to shine a light on how terrible those institutions were, and that's very likely because he has a habit of doing that, and thank God for it. At the exact same time, I've read copious amounts of articles on this show where people who are hiring people don't hire people from Harvard and Yale and Stanford. They aren't interested in hiring them because they have shit for brains. They don't know what they're talking about. Men who cut their genitals off are women. You didn't know that, and then they're like, you're fired. Or we're not even going to hire you because you believe that, and that's insane. There are copious amounts of businesses out there that don't hire people with, with degrees, and it's uh, of, you know, th that come from those places. And it's not because they're intimidated by them. It's because they're idiots. This is a, this is a growing problem. You've heard me say, too, when it comes to positions in the field of education, the best school principal is the person who's never been a school principal. It really is. Some of, the, some of the best teachers I've ever met were individuals who didn't have bachelor's degrees in education. They knew the difference between right and wrong. I'm not saying it's like that all the time. I've met a lot of people who didn't have bachelor's degrees in education, and they were horrible teachers. Absolutely awful. They'd even get fired within the first week of working in a building. I watched this happen. But this belief that an individual has to come from a particular place or they have to have a certain set of credentials in order to do a particular job? Uh, no, it's a societal lie. It's funny, but, you know, it's just something that people believe that isn't real. All right. Here's the last education slash jab related story. And this is, this is jacked up. Continues to prove my previous points also. And I know you would agree with me on this. You'd have to. Um, this comes from edsource.org, and this is being pushed like it's a win. Congratulations, everybody. The parents win in this battle. Ask yourself if this is a real win. 
And places like EdSource, I'm telling you, I, I don't think they go deep enough, clearly, because they publish this like it's a win, and it's not. It's titled, California Ends Plans for Kids' COVID Vaccine Mandate. Now, at face value, it sounds nice. Yay! California's state leader, leaders are quietly closing the door on the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for school children. Good. That's good. But who's celebrating that? Because it should be no one, really. It shouldn't have been in it shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's number one. Number two, those that played the jab game just got tricked again by the entire education system. And number three, what person is gonna be is is going to be not jabbed? left the California Department of Education school system because they were mandating the jabs and is now all of a sudden going to send their children back into that system because they've dropped this vaccine mandate. Not a vaccine, a bioweapon. I mean, what parent in their right mind is going to do that? There isn't one. There can't be. Will, Billy, Sally, we dodged all those totalitarian bullets throughout the last three years. We didn't play the game. Congratulations. Now it's time to send you back to the totalitarians themselves and the brainwashing environment that they have set up for everybody that abused all those people. Now, now we're going to send you back. So head on down to the bus stop, get on the bus, and have a nice day. Who thinks this is a win? Again, it... it it defies logic completely. It says the California Department of Public Health hasn't made an announcement, but officials told EdSource that the end of the state's COVID-19 state of emergency on February 28th effectively ends its current plan to add COVID-19 vaccinations to the list of 10 vaccinations students are required to have to attend school in person. They shouldn't have any shots to attend in person because they're all poison and none of them protect them from anything ever. It says, quote, we continue to strongly recommend COVID-19 immunizations for students and staff to keep everyone safer in the classroom, stated the email from the department. Quote, turnkey mobile vaccination services remain available for any K-12 school within the state. I'm going to stop reading this. It defies logic because it has nothing to do with facts. Nothing. The shots are killing everybody who take them, period. They're going to kill those who took them, period. There's no evidence of placebos that are out there. None. I haven't seen any. There was talk of placebos in the human trials, and that's the last time I've heard of placebos. I haven't met a single person who took at least two shots and didn't have adverse reactions. That should indicate to you that it's not that those are not placebos. That's the real deal. Those people receive the real deal. If they get more than two, they're really getting the real deal. But has but this is a serious question, and I want somebody to email me and tell me this. I'm serious. Has anybody met someone who's taken one, two, or three shots or more? and not had adverse reactions associated with it, beyond a sore arm. That's typical, because it's a needle being plunged into your body, and that's not supposed to happen anyway. 
into a muscle, let alone a bone. But has anybody had an adverse reaction, or not had, rather? Has anyone not had an adverse reaction after receiving at least one of these shots? My money is on no. That you're going to have a hard time finding somebody who, who has had no adverse reactions or hasn't been sick multiple times in the last two years that these shots have been out. So there you go. But don't worry, it's a win because now you can send them back. <laughs> who would do that? Who would do that? I'm telling you, we got to walk away permanently. We got to walk away. Everybody's got to walk away. Speaking of walking away, how about this? Here's some good news, sort of. I mean, people are losing their jobs. That's not good. But, you know, the brainwashing entertainment apparatus is being destroyed. CBSnews.com, Regal Cinemas is closing 39 more movie theaters. See the list, and there's a giant list. Good. That's good. It said uh, Cineworld is working with landlords to keep its other theaters open. Around 500 remain after these closures and the previous round in September of 2022 that shuttered 12 locations. Theaters are closing because people don't care anymore. They don't care. And a lot of these are closing in California, a bunch in California. A couple in Illinois, a couple in Florida, a couple in Maryland. It's a giant list. Um, same thing with Pennsylvania, Ohio. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. New York. This, this should prove to people that people aren't going. They don't care about the next Top Gun movie. No one cares. I mean, the vast majority of the awake people don't care. They're not interested in it. It's just another fraction of bread and circus. It's just another fraction of entertainment. You want to watch something entertaining with the entire family? Even with children, watch a John Wayne movie. I'm serious. I love them. I'm probably going to watch another one this weekend. I love John Wayne movies. They're excellent. The westerns are the best, in my opinion, but, you know, that's my opinion. They're wholesome movies. They're good movies. Good dialogue. You laugh. You smile. There's adventure. Lots of shooting, horseback riding. What's, you know, it's great. Or you could go to the movie theater, as I'm talking right now, and there's this Universal Pictures promo up here. Or you could go to the movie theater and watch the movie Megan, which is about a psychopathic robot that kills everybody. You know, as I might add, as a whack job, <laughs> I'm actually saying this as I'm watching this, because yeah, I just got done, and for some reason this is on the screen. It's this weird-looking girl with... Tons of makeup on her face, dressed up like Megan, and she's sitting here at a table talking about how cool the movie is. This is a human being, dressed like, like a psychopathic robot, having a dialogue with another moron about going to the movies and seeing this movie. It's just nuts. It's, it's nuts. I'm starting to lose my mind. I'm starting to lose it. All right. Jab stuff here. Here we go. Uh, let's see. This is not, uh, let me see here. Let me scroll to the top if it'll let me. Let me. There we go. This is from October 31st of 2018. Just want to mention this briefly. It is titled, again, published uh, from the National Library of Medicine in, uh, let's see, OCS Omega Journal. 
fully open access multidisciplinary journal from the American Chemical Society. It is titled, again, from October 31st of 2018, Ivermectin Promotes Peripheral Nerve Regeneration During Wound Healing. Awesome. That's awesome. Specifically in this study, they, they examined individuals with neck injuries. And I have a family member who has a neck injury and has had uh, neck surgery, a cousin of mine. They might want to investigate ivermectin. There's no way they listen to my show, but maybe I'll have another family member reach out to them and suggest this. Uh, in this particular study, the individual who had neck problems and, and nerve damage in the neck took ivermectin, and the ivermectin dramatically improved their state of affairs. So there you go. Uh, it's a rather long study, as you would expect. These nerve studies tend to be. Lots of evidence, lots of pictures of, again, nerves regenerating and reconnecting to one another. So, yeah, that's excellent. Ivermectin to the rescue, yet again. Uh, here's another one. And this is the last particular peer-reviewed article I'm going to read, and then I have an anonymous post I want to read, and then I'm going to close it out here. This also, you can look this up. Uh, on the National Library of Medicine also. This is from uh, January of 2021, titled Chicken Egg Yolk Antibodies, IGYS, Block the Binding of Multiple SARS-CoV-2 Spike Protein Variants to Human ACE2. This is making the rounds on the interweb because why are they coming after chicken eggs? Because apparently, in the yolks of chicken eggs, there's antibodies that block this poison, not a virus, this poison from infecting people. Now, I've always had a heavy diet of eggs in my system. Ladies and gentlemen, I haven't gotten sick. Never got the old coof. Never got the COVID. Exercise, eat right, supplements, you name it. But this right here is why they're coming after your eggs. That's what everybody's saying on the internet. The dots are awfully close. You can't not connect them. This is why they're coming after the chicken feed so the chickens aren't laying the eggs. Bang. There you go. The abstract. It says the following. The SARS-CoV-2 virus, not real, not true, just a poison, is spreading worldwide. And there is, an again, keep in mind, this is January of 2021 is spreading, spreading worldwide, and there is an urgent need to effectively prevent and control this pandemic. Well, that's interesting. They could have done it with drugs, but, you know, healthy diet probably would have done it too. Said the study evaluated the potential efficacy of egg yolk antibodies as a neutralizing agent against SARS-CoV-2. We investigated the neutralizing effects of anti-spike S1 egg yolks on the SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus, as well as its inhibitory effects on the binding of the coronavirus spike protein mutants to human ACE2. Our results show that the anti-spike SG, I'm sorry, S1 egg yolks showed 
significant neutralizing potency against SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus. Various spike protein mutants and even SARS-CoV-2 in vitro. It might be a feasible tool for the prevention and control of ongoing COVID-19. Unquote. Chicken eggs. Chicken yolk. Chicken egg yolks. For the love of Christ. (laughs) That's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. The cure for COVID is chicken egg yolks. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. God, these people have got to hang. They have to hang publicly. And see why we don't need America's frontline doctors? We don't need that. We just need ourselves. We need a brain. We need to investigate a little bit, and then we will arrive at logical conclusions. I love it. I love it. I'm going to end with this. Uh, It's not necessarily a high note, but... People are waking up, and unfortunately, they are waking up for uh, a lot of the wrong reasons, jab-related, as you would expect. This is titled, I Think the Vax Fallout Has Started to Hit My Family. It says the following, quote, I just got news that my grandma has been hospitalized for having issues with her heart beating incorrectly and passing out multiple times. This comes just a couple weeks after my dad passed out getting out of his car. According to him, He passed out just two minutes after parking, which could have been a disaster if he were driving. Both of them got the Moderna Vax. My grandma got it despite me and my mom being skeptical and telling her not to. She also got boosted a month later. My dad got it because of the military's requirements. I'm not sure if he's boosted or not. It's whatever they required of him. He told me he didn't want to get it, but had to for his job. My dad was in the emergency room for about two or three days, and they said my grandma will be held for about three or four, three to four. says, I spent a lot of December with my grandparents in between March 2020 and August 2022. I was living with them. Both of them got vaxxed and boosted on the same days and got the same lot numbers. This was back in early 2021, I believe. While I was with them during that time and in December, they seem to have no ill effects. I really hope they're okay. Well, according to what you said about your grandmother, they're not okay. And again, I'm skeptical, ladies and gentlemen, of the business of these lot numbers. That people reporting that certain lot numbers are more more toxic than others, or again, you've heard me criticize Dr. Ryan Cole about the temperature in which you received your shot, and if you got it outside on a hot day, you were less likely to get get ill or get messenger RNA in your in your bloodstream and in your DNA and whatever else. I I'm skeptical of all of this just because I have no evidence of any placebos whatsoever. And I know that certain things have to be kept at certain temperatures, but ladies and gentlemen, it's poison. It's all poison. And it's just going to keep being poison until people start to recognize that that's what it is. And that it's not, it's not really going to matter what time of day, what month out of the year, or what temperature it is outside that you take poison. If you take it, 
you're gonna you're gonna have a poisonous effect. That's the way that it's gonna work. You've heard me say it can happen the moment you take it, seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years after you take it. Just like antifreeze in a dog. Same thing. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, there's a lot of finger crossing going on right now and a lot of praying, and, and that's good. I mean, the praying is better than finger crossing, but based on that indication, you know, at least one of the grandparents is already in dire straits. And that's not a good thing, of course, and uh, it's remarkably unfortunate, but the walls are closing in with a lot of people, and it's just going to keep being that way. And I can't stress it enough. I just can't think of a worse place to be than in a school environment or a university environment when the walls keep closing here. Same thing. I mean, again, people are purposely, purposefully avoiding doctor's offices and hospitals. And they're openly, openly stating that, you know, I, I never want to go into a hospital ever again. But they'll send their kids into a public school. I don't get it. But that's just me. So there you go. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there'll probably be some more videos this weekend per usual. And make sure and continue to check out my BitChute channel for those as well. Thank you for listening as always. Take care, God bless, and I'll catch you on Monday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.